Welcome to the Resonate Church Podcast. We are glad you are joining us. Before we get into this week's message, we would like to remind you to follow us on Instagram or visit weareresonate.ca. Enjoy this week's message. I'm excited to bring a message on the move towards broken places. And then next week we're going to be talking about the move to the marginalized and the poor that we're called to make as followers of Jesus Christ. I also, at the start of every one of these messages, have said something to the extent of, this series really is a reminder that as a church, we are not simply about the moments. Like, I'm so thankful for the moments. Come on, we just had a worship moment. I got my arms raised high. I'm just singing in the front row. We love the moments in church. I love moments I get to talk to someone, hear what God's doing in their life. I love the moments where I get to hear a word. I love the moments where Rachel's up here talking about her her son being at youth and getting fired up. I love the moments, the encouraging moments, the rally we had before you were here. I love church moments, but we're not about them. Moments lead us towards movement and the mission that we are about. Moments with Jesus always lead us in a movement towards people. And that, again, is a little shout-out for why you need to be at step number one of next steps today. I'm going to preach that all again and again and again. And, and today, I want to preach a message called, What Happened? What Happened? It's what happened without the T. You got this? Say it with me. Say, what happened? Yeah, what happened? You're like, why drop the tea? I'll tell you in a moment. First of all, I got to let you know that recently we had some painters come into our house and they were repairing a lot of things that our two-year-old son, Wylan, has broken. There's the spot where he opens the front door so forcefully that he put the handle right through the drywall. There's another drywall issue elsewhere over by our kitchen where he turned his little plastic hammer around and just began to jab it into the drywall 40, 50 times. There's a spot where he took a Sharpie and colored on the wall. Now, I realize that it's probably not wisdom for us to paint before he turns 11 years old. But we had to do it. House was falling apart. Now, whenever Wyland damages someone or something, he always says the same thing. He says, what happened? (laughs) He says it with this innocent, pure, child voice that could make you believe for a moment that he has no idea what happened. But understand, my man knows what happened. He's just trying to deflect your eyes off of the reason that it happened. What happened? Wylan, you emptied the tub onto the floor that's now flooded. What happened? (laughs) Wylan, you shoved a chair into your sister. She's pinned against the wall. What happened? (laughs) Wylan, you punched me in the face and broke my glasses. What happened? It was a second ago, man. You know what happened. (laughs) What happened? It's funny how as a parent you can be mad at your child and laughing at your child at the same time. As he says, what happened to deflect blame? Well, here's the reason I tell the what happened story. Those two words, what happened, are a picture of our calling in many ways as a church and as Jesus followers. A picture of the calling on our lives for Pastor Rachel and myself. What happened 
shows our desire to move towards broken places in people's lives to bring healing in Jesus' name. What happened? What's gone on in your heart? What's happened in your life? What happened is not just our calling as a church. It's not just something that we are as leaders. What happened, this is the way that Jesus moves towards people. Jesus is all about the broken places in people's lives. And John chapter 3, verse 17, right after that most famous verse of Scripture, you know the one, John 3, 16, where God so loved you, God so loved your neighbor, God so loved the world that he gave his son, believing in him, everlasting life. You know, you know the verse. Well, the very next verse, Jesus talks about his mission and his mandate, and he said, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And that means that God... He, it's not that he doesn't see your sin. It's that he doesn't, he did not come from heaven to earth to condemn you for your sin, but in order to save you from it. He is on a move towards broken places, not to condemn, but to heal. This is why Jesus said elsewhere in Luke, he said, those who are well have no need of a physician, have a physician but those who are sick. The heart of Jesus is always moving towards broken people, towards broken places. And so what I want to do today is I want to take a few minutes to talk about three places of brokenness in our lives that Jesus moves towards. Are you ready? Three places. The first is bodies, then souls, then our spirit. God made you three in it three parts to your to your being. You are a body. You have a soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and then you have a spirit man or a spirit woman. And God wants to bring healing to each one of those. We're going to go one by one through each of them. First of all, I want to talk about God's desire to bring healing to broken or sick bodies. It's clear throughout the Gospels that Jesus loved to heal people. And now I've realized in being a part of church since I was just Wyland's age and what happened age, I've realized that a lot of people in church think that the ability and the calling to bring healing to someone's body through faith in the name of Jesus belongs to a very limited group of people in the room. It's kind of like when you did high jump in school and there was one or two people that could sort of figure out a way to get over the bar. But for the rest of us, you just sort of ran at that thing and tumbled into it just to get points for trying. You needed to pass in grade, but you're like, I was not called to jump over a bar that is at my head height. That's for maybe one or two athlete all-stars. Then a lot of us think that's healing in the church. Now, the Bible holds out a very different picture of healing. Jesus said, these signs will accompany those who believe. He didn't say those who believe for a minimum of five years. He didn't say these signs are going to accompany those who are experts in the Bible. He didn't say these signs are going to accompany people who've lived a really great life. And I think most of us believe all of those things. When I've been in church a little longer, once I've lived a better life, once I figure some more out about the Bible, Jesus said nothing about any of those things. He said these signs are going to accompany the group of people that believes in me, that ask in faith. And the last sign he said would accompany them, he said, they will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Jesus is a healer of sick bodies. That's why I've decided every single day I pray, God, I want every gift that you've got for me today. God, including the gift of healing. And if there's anybody in my life that's sick or needs a touch in their body today, I'm just making up my mind I'm going to pray for them. 
That's who we are as a church. That's what we believe as a church. The early church believed this, that it wasn't just for the apostles and a select few. In Acts chapter 4, they had gathered together, and the Bible tells us that they all prayed in unison, this singular prayer. They said, stretch out your hand that signs and wonders be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. It was a collective prayer of the entire church. And so I want you to know, Resonate family, online watching today in the room, that this is who we've decided that we are as a church, that we will always pray for those who have need of a touch from God in their bodies. We've made up our mind. Doesn't matter who we see healed and who we don't see healed. Doesn't matter what the past week brought. It doesn't matter uh, what, uh, what you even think when you came in to believe about Jesus that he could or could not heal. We have decided in this place, it doesn't matter what the opinions of the world say, we believe that Jesus today is a healer of bodies. And before we leave church today, we're gonna pray for people to receive healing. It's just what we've decided. It's who we are. And I love the story from earlier this year. One of our dream team members reached out for prayer. She said that they had, doctors had found a three centimeter mass in her body. They were concerned, and so they wanted to instantly go in and take it out. The night before surgery, she reached out to one of the leaders in our church. They prayed for her. She went in for surgery the next day, and doctors found nothing. What was on the scan was not in her body. Come on, we serve a miracle working God, and we are going to pray in the name of Jesus. And what I love about praying in the name of Jesus, you're like, what's the in the name of Jesus? Is that like sort of a miracle phrase that we just like have to say? No, in the name of Jesus, in Jesus' day, if you went in someone's name, what that meant was that you were carrying their authority and representing their wishes. And so when we say in Jesus' name, it's not a miracle hocus pocus. Understand that we are reminding ourselves that we are praying in the name and the authority of the one who gave us authority, and we believe that we're representing his wishes on this planet in the name of Jesus. We're just gonna pray. At the end of our service today, Pastors Rachel and Troy, when they come back up uh, to the stage, they're gonna lead us in a prayer and, and we're gonna stretch hands towards people in the room and, and we're gonna pray. And then if you wanna receive a laying on of hands before you leave church today, our prayer team will be at the front at the end of service. We would love to put a hand on your shoulder and pray and believe with you. That's the first broken place Jesus is always moving towards. Well, here's the second one. He moves towards sick bodies and broken things in our bodies. The second place that he's moving towards is brokenness in our souls, the fragile places of our hearts. 2021, there's some fragile places in people's hearts right now. Jesus is the one who moves towards them and, and brings healing. I love, as you go through the Gospels, you see all these times where Jesus brings healing to a broken heart. There's the woman in John's Gospel, the Samaritan woman by the well, and Jesus talks to her, reveals to her, he knows her whole story, that she's had five husbands and the man she's with now is not her husband. And isn't it amazing how Jesus, after exposing that fragile place that she would have wanted to keep hidden, she runs back into town and she tells everybody that she just met someone who told her everything she's ever did. And what that means is when Jesus touches the broken places in your life, you don't run and hide, you run free. So I want us to go rewind a little bit in the Bible back to Genesis chapter 40, where we're going to see a great picture of a young man by the name of Joseph moving towards the broken places in some dudes' lives. Sometimes I think as the guys, we're like, no, this is like that emo stuff of like noticing someone's broken heart, 
We're going to save that for the women's small groups. But this is a dude moving towards broken hearts in a couple of other dudes. Come on, let's check it out. This is for everybody in the room today. Genesis chapter 40. Let me first set it up. If you're new to church, this young man, Joseph, has had a pretty broken life. His 11 other brothers sold him into slavery to some traveling salespeople. And then it went from bad to worse when he was falsely accused and imprisoned. He's stuck in the prison for a long time. There's no hope of getting out. And then we pick things up in verse number one of Genesis 40. It says, sometime later, Pharaoh's chief cupbearer and chief baker offended their royal master. Pharaoh became angry with these two officials and he put them in the prison where Joseph was in the palace of the captain of the guard. They remained in prison for quite some time and the captain of the guard assigned them to Joseph who looked after them. So Joseph, having the favor of God on his life, even in jail, was put in charge of other people and so he looked after these two guys. While they were there in prison, Pharaoh's cupbearer and baker each had a dream one night and each dream had its own meeting. When Joseph saw them the next morning, he noticed that they both looked upset. The first step in moving towards broken places in people's hearts is to notice. Now the translation says, he saw that they were troubled. And I love this picture. Joseph, of all people, has every reason to be engrossed in his own pain story. He has every reason to be sitting in a corner of the prison crying about the fact that his brothers sold him and he was wrongly accused and he's there unjustly and yet he is choosing to use his pain to move towards somebody else's brokenness. Don't you love people that do this? Ever been around someone that chose to use their pain as a reason to reach out to other people? I'm looking at one right now in the third row. My dad's like this chose to use the pain of his upbringing to become the dad that he was to me. Rachel's mom was like this, chose to use a very painful, broken, dysfunctional upbringing as the reason she was perpetually moving towards people. I like to think that I operate like this most of the time in my life, that I use my own story and my own pain to move towards people. But I will admit, readily admit, that at times I can just sit back and say, God, why am I having to go through this? And it's at times like that I'm thankful for a dad and I'm thankful for pastors and leaders and mentors in my life who have helped to show me at the time you feel like you need something, turn around and go give away the thing that you think that you need. And so if I have ever asked you in the lobby or in a phone call, how are you really doing? The chances are about 99.9% .9 good that I'm asking simply because I love you and I care for you. But there's about a one in a thousand or one in 500 chance that I was just wallowing in my office a moment ago, wishing that somebody would notice me when God shook me up and said, go on and notice somebody else. When I drop off our girls at school, I say some version of this line every day. I say, we're Johnstons, which means that we love and we lead and we look for lonely people. Because there's going to come a day when my girls feel left out. 
And I don't want them in the corner of the field, stuck up against the fence, crying by themselves. I want them to turn around and start looking for some lonely people. You got a need in your heart right now, 2021 need? You got some fragility? You got some loneliness? You feel like someone hasn't noticed you? Can I challenge you in the room today? Start giving away the thing that you need. And what I've learned and what I've learned and what I've learned is that when I give away the thing that I need, suddenly God starts to deposit into my heart what I need. Come on, people. You see, the, the, the number one plan of the devil isn't to try and convince you that he's the devil and he's bad. Seriously, as a Christian, his main plan of operation is to just get you offended with somebody else. Just to get you sitting at the back of the room thinking they didn't see me. Just went through a pandemic. Where was my text? Where was my call? No one called me. I wish someone had seen me. And today you're in the room and today you're on the line, uh, uh, on the line. I don't know. Did you dial a number to get in? No, no. It's like you used, you used AOL. You got that CD spinning. You heard the, and you got online and here you are watching this. And I want to challenge us in the room today that the moment something is missing, God wants to shake us up as Jesus followers and say, come on, be a Joseph. Notice somebody else. Don't sit in the corner of the jail. No, go ahead and watch for somebody that's got a tear streaming down their eye. He saw them. He noticed. The number one move in the broken place is just to see it. I'm preaching to myself right now. This afternoon, I'm, I'm flying out to be with a group of pastors. Uh, it's going to sound really exciting, but I'm, I'm somewhat nervous. I'm flying to be in Florida uh, later today. Actually, it's a red eye, so I'll be there tomorrow. A group of, of a few hundred pastors, and this is a group that we get the opportunity to lead uh, as part of the coaches and leaders of this network of churches across Canada and the United States. I'm so thankful for the opportunity. And I know in, in my own heart, come on, I've been through 2020, 2021. I know when I walk in that room, you know what I'm going to want to do when I walk into that room? I'm just going to want to run to the front of the church and just like lie down on the ground and be like, Lord, here I am. Pour out your spirit on me, Lord, I'm ready. But here's what I've just learned. I've learned that the best way to have my heart receive what my heart needs is go find someone and get their phone number and message them and say, you know, you know what, uh, I was thinking about you today. And then to turn around and send them a skip the dishes gift card and say, I'm so proud of you, pastor. Come on, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk into that room and I'm going to start looking for lonely pastors. It's a big deal right now. Are we noticing the broken places in people's lives around us? Jesus moves towards the broken places. Well, there's another step after noticing. Noticing is, this is a tough step. There's another step. This one's not, that's, that's, that's not too bad. Joseph, verse seven. He looks at the dudes. Remember, dude talking to dudes with some fragile places in their hearts. He says, why do you look so worried today? And they replied, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. Step number two in the move towards the broken places in people's hearts is to ask, is to get curious. Joseph begins to learn the reason that these guys are troubled. And the reason they're troubled, this is fascinating, especially in our context right now. The reason they're troubled is they have a dream and they have an uncertain future. 
They don't even know what's coming next. They don't know that the dream is good or bad. They just know they don't know what it means. Isn't this fascinating to you? You would think that they'd be troubled if they knew that the dream was bad. They're just troubled when they don't know what it means. Hello, 2021! You know why people are troubled right now? It's not that they know that the future's bad. It's just they don't know what it is. And if they ever needed a church that was willing to ask them how they're doing and see the pain they're in and move into a broken place that's broken and hearted, I just believe it's, it's, it's us right now. God is teaching us some things. This is why revival will break out in our church in the next six months to a year. I'm telling you, this room will fill and there will be more services. Why? Because we learned how to move towards broken places when the world broke down. And they might not be comfortable to be in the room right now, but I tell you what, there will come a day when they will be, and we will be ready to move towards broken places. We won't just see, we will ask. We won't just stay on the backside, on the periphery, and on the distance. No, we're going to move in and see broken places. I had a pastor call me this week, and he's just a great dude. And, and he just was talking to me about family, talking to me about church. We're just having a great connection. But I just had this feeling like maybe there's something more like, he's a He's a strong guy, so I'm like, I don't think he's really calling me for anything specific, but I just said to him, hey, I just, I'm just wondering, did you call me for any, like, before we get off the phone, is there any, like, reason you called me today? And he said, actually, I'm glad you asked, because March, April, May of last year broke me down, and I was exhausted, but then I kind of got my footing and got used to things. He's like, I just needed to tell someone again that right now I'm back there. This is the reason I'm, I'm preaching this message today. Come on, there are people that are close to you but far from God who might just need to be seen and noticed right now. And, and, and so here's, here's what I want to do. I want to, like, we've been kind of just like amping things up and I've been preaching. Can I just get a little bit teachy for a minute? Hit, hit just like hit pause on the like rah-rah things for a minute. Let me just get like, let me just get like really practical. Because there are some ways that we move towards people that are rather ineffective. I don't know if you've noticed this. I want to highlight a few ways that we try and move towards broken places that are ineffective. And if you've done these things, if you did them this morning, if you do them all the time, this is not a shame and blame conversation. This is just to notice some things that are rather ineffective. And you're not the only one. We've all done this. The first way we try to move towards people's hearts that is ineffective is the flip. Everybody say the flip, the flip, the flip. Here's what the flip looks like. The flip is when... Your friend comes up to you and says, my husband and I just had a really big fight last night and it was really difficult. And you say, oh my goodness, wait till I tell you about the fight that we just had. Woo, it was a doozy. Your friend is like, uh, uh, sure, go ahead. <laughs> and rather than moving towards the broken place for somebody else, we're suddenly making it about us. And it's well-intentioned. We just want to relate to people. It's just that we took the focus off of where they were at and we put it onto us. I love that Joseph doesn't do the flip. If anybody ever could have done the flip and had a reason to do the flip, it's Joseph. But Joseph doesn't do the flip. Joseph could have heard these guys say we had a bad dream and say, bad dream, bro. Bro, I got sold. Like you had a rough night. I've been in this prison for years, bro. Like the flip. You understand what I'm saying? The flip. It's rather ineffective. You can hold off for just a minute, Andres. Just a minute until I read the verse. Because if you play and I'm still funny, they won't laugh. Like it's like the, the spirit pads. The spirit pads, like they get serious when you bring the spirit pads. 
I don't know that I'm going to be funny. I just want the opportunity. <laughs> the second thing that we do that really keeps people from allowing us into their hearts is, I'll say it this way, we become their advisor. And again, it's well-intentioned. And there's a time and a space for advice. There are people that look to you for advice. It's just best to know that they want advice before offering it. If you've ever had a child that was small that you were struggling with, you understand what I'm talking about right now. Everybody in the world had advice that you did not go looking for. See, the issues of brokenness in our lives, the issue is not that we don't have a solution. You can Google your solution and have 100,000 solutions in the split second. The issue of our brokenheartedness isn't a lack of solutions. The issue is a lack of courage or maybe a fear of making the change that we already know that we need. You didn't need a solution. You just needed to get over the fear of making the change that you've known for years that you need to make. And so come on, church. There might be someone that looks to you for advice. What I have learned in my own journey is to understand the hat and the role that someone sees me in. And sometimes if I don't know, I'll just ask the question, what do you need from me right now? Do you need advice? Do you need a cheerleader? I will grab some pom-poms and encourage you right now. Do you need someone to challenge you? Do you need someone to hold your feet to the fire and keep you accountable? Sometimes you just gotta ask people what they need and usually people will tell you. And most often I've found that they don't pick advice. Sometimes they do, and occasionally you need to give it when they don't ask for it, but it's a really small fraction of times. Most people just need someone with them to make the change they already know that they need to make in their life. Say, so Joseph, Joseph, he sees, he asks. There's still one more thing. Hit me, Andres. Verse 8. <laughs> Do you just love this guy? I love you, bro. I love you, man. <sighs> Verse 8. Inter this, is, this is Joseph speaking. Interpreting dreams is God's business. Go ahead and tell me your dreams. This is step three in that process of reaching towards a broken heart. One was to notice, two was to ask. But three, we don't do anything without step three. And this is the only God moment. This is when God does what only God can do. Like we can notice broken hearts and we can move in and we can ask questions about broken hearts, but every solution is always only the Lord Jesus Christ. It's always only God. You say, well, how do I have an only God moment? You just pray and ask God, God, do what I can't do. In that conversation with that friend right now, it's to say, hey, I actually don't know what to say right now. Would, would, would it be okay if we just prayed together? How could I pray for you? How can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? Only God, only God. We were leading I was leading a freedom small group, and some of you know we do freedom small groups here in our church. We've got a bunch running right now. It's a big part of how we run small groups. I'd encourage you at some point in the life of Resonate to get into one of our freedom groups. It's powerful, it's beautiful, it's amazing. So I was running freedom for a group of pastors from actually across Canada and the States, and we were in the room and a pastor shared a story that none of us really knew what to do with. It was, it was brokenness, it was painful, it was it was a relationship breakdown that really like it exceeded my ability as a leader in that moment 
to have words to say. So we're in this pause moment and one of my friends in the room just spoke up and said, hey, God just showed me a picture that I want to share with you. It just was like came into my mind. And it's a picture, it's you, and it's this person that you just talked about broken relationship with. And you're standing in front of a Christmas tree and you can tell the look in that other person's eye as they're looking towards you. And it's just like explaining this thing about this picture. And I'm purposely keeping the details very vague from this story, but the person just said, that was the last photograph I ever had taken with that person. You described it perfectly. He just started to weep. It was just like, God, it's an only God moment. None of us had answers. None of us knew what to do, but it was like God showed him a perfect picture of the last photograph that they ever took together. Why do I share that story? Only God, only God, only God, only God. And maybe you're sitting here saying, you know what, pastor, I'm just, I've been waiting for my only God moment. I've been waiting for God to show up and have someone tap me on the shoulder and say, I saw the photograph and you were in it. And you're like, yeah, God, you see me. But if that's where you're at today, let's flip back to point number two and be somebody else's only God moment. Say, God, help me to see what needs to be seen. Help me to pray the prayer that needs to be prayed. Help me to be the answer that takes them from stuck to their only God moment in the midst of their brokenheartedness. So church, in our move from the moments with Jesus that take us in the movement towards people, we move towards broken hearts. We move towards broken bodies and we move towards broken places in people's hearts. This last one I'll be brief with because you hear me all the time. But the last place that God brings healing to brokenness is to our broken spirits. And this is the salvation message. This is why Jesus came and he died. This is why Ephesians says that we were dead in our trespasses and sins, but because of Jesus, we can be made alive. You see, this is the one that, mo that we actually need. This is your first step. This is salvation. This is what God is, well, who God is and what God does through Jesus Christ. And today I'm gonna to invite you, we normally put this moment later in the service, but this is the moment right now. I'm gonna invite you right now to close your eyes all over the room. Maybe watching this online as well, you can just close your eyes and have a private moment of faith between you and God. And if today you need to make a decision to put God first in your life, you need salvation. You need to be forgiven of your sins and set free to have a future that is hope filled. Jesus said it himself. He said that he came in order to bring eternal life. If that's you and you'd say, Pastor Shane, I don't, I don't know. Like if I, if I died today, I don't know what my eternal future would be. Or even you would just say, Pastor Shane, I, I simply know I need the God who came for me. If that's you today, you don't have a relationship with God through faith in Jesus or you did at a point in time, but today you're saying I'm coming back. Would you just shoot your hand up in this room or in the room that you're watching in and say, Pastor, pray with me. Raising your hand, we're not gonna center you out. No one's looking around. I just want an opportunity to pray with you. We're all gonna pray this prayer, but if that's you today, just shoot your hand up and say, yeah, Pastor, would you pray for me? Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. Anyone else who joined and say, yeah, this is me in the room today. Would you pray with me? Yeah, yeah, come on. If you raised your hand or maybe you wanted to but didn't and you're praying this prayer today, say this with me and come on, Resonate Church family, pray this with me all over the room. Say, dear Jesus, I give you my life today. All of me and I choose to follow you. Thank you for forgiving my sins when you died on the cross and you rose up again. So in this moment, I receive your forgiveness. I receive your healing. My body, my soul, most importantly, my spirit. Thank you for making me come alive again. Help me follow you.
in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, Resonate family. Let's put our hands together for everyone who just prayed that prayer in the room today. Thank you for joining us. A special thanks to those that give generously to our ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. If you would like to give, visit weareresonate.ca. You will find all the ways to support us there. We invite you to subscribe and share this podcast by taking a screenshot and sharing it on your social stories and tagging at We Are Resonate Church. Thanks again for listening and God bless you.